Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, welcome to the IGN UK podcast. If only there were things to talk about this week. I know, week. right? Does anyone know if anything going on with PlayStation? Uh, I heard a little thing happened. Yeah, Just a little a few thing. Things. A few things happened. Uh, bumper episode this week. We've got mm. not only all the PS5 reveal chat, all the not necessarily all the games, all the ones we want to talk about, we'll talk about. Yeah. And <laughs> the box itself, which I'm sure will cause much heated debate. <laughs> oh, in yes. This, I was going to say in this room. We're all in different rooms. <laughs> in this world of ours. Yeah. Um, alongside that, we've also got Last of Us 2 chat. The review embargo was today, June the 12th. Me and Dale have played it. And at the end of the podcast, after feedback, we've got a roughly 15-minute chat, me and Dale, talking our impressions, completely spoiler-free, absolutely no spoilers, don't worry about that. But we put it at the end just because we're aware some people are on complete blackout about this game, don't Mm. even want to hear what people think of it, which I kind of understand, but I guarantee you there are absolutely no story spoilers in that section, but I understand if you don't want to listen to it at all. So... Yeah. Before further ado, though, we've got something a bit more important we want to talk about this yes. week that we feel like we need to address. I believe, Joe, you've got an email. Yeah, so we got this email from an anonymous listener, and it feels very much worth talking through. So it says, Hi all, I hope you're staying safe and sane in these extraordinary times. With so much going on around the world at present, I've been reflecting on the content I enjoy and its diversity. Apologies for the length of the email, but I feel it's an important topic. I've listened to the IGN UK podcast for close to a decade, and one thing that has always stood out is the lack of host diversity. From memory, the hosts have nearly all been white men, bar two women. I've tried googling for clarification, but very little has come up, so I may be wrong there. Apologies if that's the case. Regardless, the optics is incredibly skewed and doesn't fully reflect today's audiences of games, film and TV. When a certain trio left IGN UK, I'd hoped we might see more diversity with their successors. It sadly did not seem to be the case. I level no blame or malice at the next generation of hosts. They're clearly good at their jobs and would deem the best candidates. But what can the community, of which IGN is a massive and very influential part, do to change this? Is the long history of hosts a true reflection of the candidates that that apply? Can more be done to diversify, thus offering different opinions and experiences to listeners? Is there... Uh, If there is an overwhelming amount of applicants from one demographic, can IGN do more to enrich the talent pool at an earlier stage via work experience, scholarships or online courses? I want to finish by clarifying I enjoy this podcast. I would have stopped listening long ago if I didn't. I've interacted numerous times with the show in the past as well as with various hosts on Twitter. Despite that, I feel it's the responsibility of listeners to push content creators when it comes to certain matters, especially in the current climate. Um, So we saw this and this is something... I personally have thought about a lot in the past and obviously now. Um, And it's like, it's absolutely correct to call us out on this. The the IGN UK podcast in particular is overwhelmingly white and male. Um, And we've always had, I think we've had trouble with that. And I think uh, like, and it's, it's led to less accusations of, a lack of diversity, but we've certainly had people talk to us about, 
how we can have one very set perspective and we've been called laddie which is hilarious mm-hmm. to me given the kind of people we are but i think yeah. like i think that's that comes from the kind of you know the demographics we come from um yeah. and yes like we haven't been good enough at that and i wouldn't say there's i think the anonymous anonymous listener raises uh, some very good points and some very fair points the point i really agree with um is that well, is, so this section, is the long history of hosts a true reflection of the candidates that apply? Can more be done to diversify, thus offering different opinions and experiences to listeners? Um, on the first point, uh, it mostly is a true reflection of the candidates that apply for jobs at this company. I've been, in, I've been involved in the hiring process once directly and a couple of times indirectly. Um, overwhelmingly, we see white male applicants, and I think that's part of... Um, our audience and i think it's a i think it's a spiraling problem because the more we show white male representation the more white males will feel you know part of the community and the less perhaps Mm. other people will um and that's something we can do something about uh can more be done to diversify absolutely so another point here if there is an overwhelming amount of applicants from one demographic can we do more to enrich that this is something me and alex specifically this week have talked about i can't tell you that we have an exact solution for this but i can tell you that the next time we hire this isn't going to be a case of just putting our job application up on ziff davis careers site and the ign uk twitter because those are places where our audience which is already entrenched in a certain you know like in a certain demographic and that, like obviously this is not to say that we don't want that demographic to listen to us no exactly it's that we don't we perhaps don't do enough to make it clear mm-hmm. that we are welcoming to people outside that demographic um exactly. and i i personally really want us to push into other areas to broaden the amount of candidates and to get a more interesting set of voices because like fuck me i listen to enough podcasts with white males on them and like i get bored and yeah like that's apparently meant to fucking speak to me um exactly and like i agree completely we can do much more we haven't done well enough and we will do better and yeah i promise you as soon as we have a better sense like this is all quite we're not hiring right now and it's not something we've been considering and we don't hire regularly either we don't unfortunately it's not an easy quick fix to the point of work experience scholarships or online courses uh this is to be fully transparent that's usually a case of money and legal stuff um in terms of taking interns that uh can cost a lot more money than you might think. Like, not even just paying interns. The the way that the law works around bringing someone into your office can have a lot of hidden costs, and it's something that higher-ups within our organisation have not gone for before. Um, work experience is something we could do and is something we should talk about. Um, mm. But again, unpaid work experience is not cool. Um no. Unless it's part of a wider, like, educational course. Um, but this is all stuff we are going to talk about. And, I, like, I, this is why we wanted to put this up top. We do need to do better. Like, this isn't us avoiding the fact that our podcast isn't... Our podcast and our office isn't good enough at this. Um, yeah. And we will do better. And we will tell you as soon as we have more concrete 
ways of dealing with that. Absolutely. No, I agree completely. Yeah, I think you've I've, nailed it there. I've been quite silent through that, and just because I think Joe speaks for, for all of us. But I also want to point out, if you're on the outside, this, this industry can look... It can look incredibly racist. It can also look incredibly classist, which doesn't help when systemic racism in the world has meant that a lot of people from other backgrounds don't necessarily come from yep. places with lots of money. And uh, one of the reasons why I've been lucky enough to get into this industry is I did a few internships earlier on in my life. I, mm-hmm. I did um, GameSpot and I did PC Gamer. Both of them were unpaid. Yep. And my parents paid, helped me with money to go and live in London, to go and live in Bath, in hotels while I did those. That's not something that everyone can afford to do. And that's a, a barrier to entry for, yep. for more types of people. And hopefully, like, hopefully IGN can help become part of that change in the future. And, you know, yep. I think we all recognize that we've done, we've done wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Again, this is not to say I feel like when we've chosen from, hiring pools we've chosen the right people which Mm -hmm. is why i think you know i love working with all the people i work with but there is absolutely no doubt that we have not not surfaced those things well enough to get a diversity of voices and i would love for us to to do better on that and i'm very glad that anonymous listener you emailed us about this because it's it's a great opportunity to talk about it i think it just echoes the sentiment in the world at the moment of it's not enough to just think these things anymore. 100%. You have to actively do them. Yeah. So and, yeah, and we I will agree. do. Yep. Cool. Um, bit of a change of pace. Let's talk about the PlayStation Five. Okay. Shall we do that? Yes, please. Uh, I hope that that little chat helped a few people and helped you understand where we're coming from. Yeah. And, and I, now, I also, but I, I, sh- I know we keep talking about it. I really hope that this doesn't. <laughs> This doesn't feel. I really want to say to people this: this isn't us washing our hands and saying we're going to no. do better. And like, we are looking into this right now. <laughs> it's just a podcast; yeah. isn't the right place to talk about it. And unfortunately, we're in lockdown, which makes it even harder to actively enforce a lot of. Yeah. If we wanted an intern, that is just not possible in the current environment at yeah. all. So, it is being looked at. For now, though. The PlayStation 5. Let's start, before we get onto the games, mm. the box. I know we have a varied opinion on this already. Yeah. Because, Joe, I believe you have, I'm not going to say vehement, but, or <laughs> repulsed. I think it <laughs> looks shit. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't, it look, it's, I genuinely think, when I look at the PS1, pretty functional when i look at the ps2 i think that is a beautiful bit of equipment ps3 weird ps4 i think will age very well um i don't i think this has aged badly overnight like (laughs) it looks so gross to me and like the the people pointing out that it looks like a router like there is literally a router that looks exactly like the ps5 yeah um and what I, I think me me and Matt and uh, Tom Marks from the US office, while we were working the conference last night, were talking. And I, I can't remember who in the chat said, um, oh, the digital version looks nicer without the um, the hump caused yeah, that, by a, by <laughs> a disk me. drive. And I was just screaming like, no console should have a hump. <laughs> you shouldn't have a hump on a console. 
Like, that's just bad. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on. I have a more tempered... I don't personally mind it. I don't love it by any means. But I do... When I first saw it, I was like, ooh, I'm not sure. When I saw the pictures of it laying horizontal, I think it looks a lot better. I don't think it looks as odd. But I normally have all my consoles laying down anyway. I don't mm. use them as towers. But the one thing that gets me is, A, it looks like a nightmare to clean. Because not only is it white, which PlayStations traditionally aren't, but it also seems to be very shiny. I prefer a matte finish because mm. it just looks a lot cleaner, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But, I uh, yeah. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's got that weird wraparound shell. To me, it looks a bit like, you know, when you've got like a filofax on your shelf and you've got papers yeah. inside? Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's like I a think badly kept binder. <laughs> it's hard to tell until I've seen one close up and actually touched it, but it looks like those that, that wraparound you're talking about. It looks like it could be very flimsy and I'm scared I'll just crack it. But I don't... It's I have no doubt it'll be a well-made piece of kit because... Mm-hmm. They're not going to make something that shatters in your hand. But I like that it's not just a box, but also yeah. I don't need it to be more than a box. And also the way I don't have like a cabinet like a lot of people will have with their TV on top. I've got a slightly more ramshackle approach, so literally all my consoles are just dumped behind it. So <laughs> I'm never going to see this console like after it comes yeah. out of the box. It's going to get plugged in and I won't see it again, especially if I buy the digital one. If I don't know where I'm leaning yet. Um, but if I do buy the all-digital one, there's literally not even going to be a need to, pl- to put a disc in it. So I honestly feel like, unless you're a collector, the only people in the world who really need the disc version are games journalists because pl- places still send out physical promo discs. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. Or if, if you're a big 4K Blu-ray fiend. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> if but you if you're a big 4K Blu-ray fiend, you'll have a big 4K Blu-ray fiend machine. Like, <laughs> Well, that is true. The, the classic fiend machine yeah. from Samsung. Look <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, and ultimately, do you know what? We're talking about the box. I'm of the opinion, like Matt, I, I hide it away somewhere. I don't look at it anyway. So ultimately, I don't really Just say in the Series X looks so much nicer. That's I all. do agree. I, I like. I think that's a very clean design. Yeah. But again, I haven't seen how that looks on its side because I would have it on its side. But there we go. Mm. Chunky boy. Let's get on. Should we get on to the actual games because they're much more interesting? Agreed. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, let's kick it off with a big one. Horizon Forbidden West. As we found yes, out overnight, please. officially just called Horizon Forbidden West, even though there is a two on the logo. Yeah, a little numerals. Yeah. Um, it looks like set in San Francisco, or at least partly set in San Francisco, because mm-hmm. you can see the big old bridge. Um, I'm. It just. It's hard to tell if there was any gameplay in that. Mm hmm. But it just did just look absolutely incredible. It so looks think, incredible, yeah. It looks fat. It, like, it just looks ludicrously lush in a way that yeah. anyone releasing a new console will be so happy with. <laughs> yeah, was there a date for, for that? Mm, I don't believe they said anything yeah. no, about that, when. That feels like one that we'll wait a little bit for because it definitely looks like it. That's like some of the other games that we saw is bespoke. PS5. Now, and here's a point. I know we are talking about Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many, if any, launch games did we get yesterday? Because well, that's the thing. Because Miles I... Morales is not a sequel; it's an expansion. 
So yeah. Well, is that a confirmed thing that? It's yeah, they, that happened overnight. Ah. Um, it's not clear whether it's a standalone expansion or mm-hmm. whether it's a uh, mm. PS5 remaster with I'm an extra chunk. Standalone, like they did with um, uh, First Light, Second Son. Yeah. yeah, First Light. Um, but yeah, I was because I was heavily betting on Horizon being a launch game, but yeah, I can't believe if it was, they would have said it. Surely, like it, they would have made that splash. I. The only thing to me is like they've said they're going to do more stuff. Are they going to have like yeah. a specific launch event, launch games event, where Maybe. it's like here Maybe. is the stuff, which would explain the weird mixed messaging over Spider Man because then they can go Spider Man PS5 is a launch game and yeah. it has Miles Morales in it. And there's obviously going to be a ton of third party games, a lot we don't know when they're coming out, like we don't know when Assassins is, when Watch Dogs is. We when... know Assassin's Creed is launch day. Um, they've said that. that's launch day. Yeah. Okay, so well, um, that's a big launch game. You can assume there'll be a new Call of Duty available yeah. at launch. Yeah, but yeah, is there any exclusives? I can't remember. I'm just looking through the list of games we're going to talk about. I don't know if is Gran Turismo a launch game. Uh, there was no date on that, but it probably will be. And that um, got quite a lot. Of, like the entire latter end of that trailer was mm. just gameplay. So. Yeah. If you launch with Demon Souls remake, people will go mad for that. Yeah, but it's true. not a it's, it's not a still, system seller. No, um, I don't th- well, it will be for some, but not yeah. for me. Uh, uh, Matt, sorry, you were talking about Horizon though. Let's let's get back. Yeah, to let's it. go back to Horizon. Oh, yeah. I, so, me and Joe were talking about Horizon last night, and I gave a little anecdote of when the original came out. Um, my housemate would occasionally pop in and just go, how's it going? And every time I would say exactly the same thing, which was just, this is the best game ever made. I recognise <laughs> wow. that Horizon is not the best game ever made. But at the time, it was I was in such a zen with it. I, I am head over heels for that world. Mm. And seeing that world with organic life in it again, and all of the little tidbits to... You know how there was the the like the opposite tribe that turned up that had got the elephants yeah. with the howdahs on mm. that little promise there that okay people are riding the bigger creatures now i just want aloy to get up on the on the giant like thunder hawk um like birds oh, or yeah. on the back of the the bigger t-rexes i want to be able to do that 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 little scene at the end of the trailer did remind me a lot of uh lord of the rings oh yeah the, 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 the they olifants well, so yeah. Oliphants is the like the casual name for them. There, yeah. am I thinking of Timothy Oliphant? Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> classic hitman actor. Um, <laughs> side track, but yeah, apart from it looking absolutely stunning, what I want from the sequel is I enjoyed the first Horizon so much. I wasn't a hundred percent in on the story, right? So I want to see. I even to a point where I can't really remember too much. Wasn't she born out of a wall? Happened. Wasn't that a thing? <laughs> she born out a wall? Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was weird times. So I'll definitely have to do a recap. I might even do a replay. I did start replaying it a few uh-huh. months ago, actually, and just gave up. But I might go back to it. My, no, I yeah. quite like the story. Mm. My I issue... quite like Lance Riddick as well in it. He's quite cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My um, my issue with Horizon was always that a. Zelda came out, um, but B, it was. Um, I loved the moment to moment. I love the mechanics. I love the bow. I love. Shoot, I love the weak point fighting against mm-hmm. big creatures. Like the way you take those things down is really satisfying. If, uh, like it felt the closest to like a mainstream take on what Monster Hunter does to me in a lot of yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never got on with the story, and I didn't. 
I loved the look of the world, but I didn't like crossing it, and I didn't like doing yeah. doing things in it outside of that's the, the moment-to-moment like. stuff. That's what, what I feel. I'd, I'd just love Forbidden West to be more built around that feeling of, like... I don't even know what exactly what I want it to be. I just want it to not be a normal open-world game. I want it to feel, like, momentous, in the literal sense, like, moment to moment things happening across that place rather than just like go here have a conversation shoot a dinosaur come back what you I think probably you want what I want from it is that you know how the thing that Zelda does so well is when you come into an environment there's a sense of awe because Mm. you have discovered something rather than just going to a place on a map that is built around a location designed for an activity to happen yeah because there's not that signposting in Zelda when you get to something there is that discovery of like okay what does this do how do I work with it yeah and I think yeah taking I think Horizon's never going to quite have that because it's always going to be a little bit more in the more traditional mould but I think being able to give us the sense of discovery that is verging towards Zelda rather than feeling like I'm going to a place that's got a question mark on it yeah I think that's where it needs to go in a very broad sense it's more like world design over level design Mm -hmm. is kind of what I want it to be Um, well but yeah Maybe the reason they haven't given any sort of release date is they're waiting to see when Zelda comes out yeah. so they can avoid <laughs> That's it. That's a good time. point. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, there could, there could still be Big Zelda bow and arrow world. this year. That's insane. There could be, Joe. There could be. Uh, Hold on to that hope in your heart. I will. But for, but for now, more PlayStation. We briefly touched on it. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yes. That was the question I was going to ask you. Because when I first saw it, I was like, they would call it Spider-Man 2 if it's a full game, surely. See, I just like, thought they were being bold with it. Like I bought, okay. I fully bought this as a sequel. Um, but I thought they were being like, Spider-Man was the first game, Spider-Man Miles Morales is the second game. Like, you are playing a different person. It'd just be bizarre to me if they just completely got rid of Peter Parker's protagonist without... I suppose there could be an event at the start of that game that stops that happening, but... Well, that, like, yeah. we know it's not a sequel, so... Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, they're not doing that. But I am still fully into the idea of this thing like yeah the miles peter relationship was one of the best parts of spider-man and spider-man's a game that i started out not giving a shit about and slowly becoming more and more in love with over the course of that game and a big mm-hmm. part of it is how like surprisingly well rendered those relationships are and particularly yeah. the miles stuff um did either of you play all the dlc yeah i did yeah like so i really loved those elements of hearing miles morales phoning peter parker and telling him about how his training's going as you play through those dlc packs and like it all does feel like it's leading up i i kind of half expected them to do another expansion where you play him on the ps4 version i thought they might do this expansion like you play as miles and then the sequel is maybe you play as both of them Mm. you can switch between them in a way yeah um and they like one thing when i watched that trailer they they're leading big into the uh, love that people have put into the spider-verse i think because oh, even 100%. the music tr- like i was just like i was fully expecting the game to be called like marvel spider-man spider-verse or something <laughs> like just for them to fully go into yeah. it but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun if it's just more of that spider-man combat with hopefully a good story yeah then i'm into it um and they did it like they, they've said you know all that stuff they were talking about with uh the you know when they were showing Spider-Man PS4 on PS5 and it was like, there are no loading times, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they've said that in 
blurbs and stuff like that. So I think we're getting this like incredibly seamless version of the first game with with Miles Morales in it. I like I kind of expect it to be a full remaster with the game um, at this point. But yeah, I'm super into the idea of it. Um, exactly. I'll just see where we get to on having to play all of it again to get to that content. But very good point, young man. Um, one game that obviously looks incredible, but also looks absolutely horrible, and I won't play it, is Resident Evil Village. Yeah. <laughs> is it Resident Evil 8, or is it Resident Evil Village, or is it I Resident think, Evil 8 I think Village? it's Resident <laughs> Evil 8 Village. Let me look at the press release. <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil. I mean, there's uh, definitely, they make out the, the numerals know. for 8, don't they, in the the title. It's being officially yeah. referred to as Resident Evil Village. Hmm. So there you go. Which is quite funny to me because if you are all are into the cricket scene or played cricket or have been around cricketers, they use the word village to describe something that's absolutely terrible. Like if you're village, you're a terrible. Oh, you're person. a bad you village level cricket. So to me, that's just like this is Resident Evil Village, as in it's just, <laughs> it's, just it's just a poor level of Resident Evil. But it's obviously not because that trailer did a great job of. Thing, making, making me never want like, to play the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm. That's the stuff that gets me in horror films is those sorts of locations, cult vibes, like creepy religion stuff. <laughs> like it had all of that mm. in there, and it had a big old Chris. <laughs> that is a oh, big God, old massive. Chris. Why? Why have they done that to him? Why? Why does Chris not look the same in any game? He's different <laughs> every game they make. But that's going to be the next one. Resident Evil Nine, fucked Chris. <laughs> Chris Mass. Chris Mass. <laughs> He's put on Mass. Oh, that would have been a good little joke. Oh well, ruined it. Never mind. Um, I don't have a lot because I'm not into Resi big time. I, I I like watching people play Resi. Yeah. Uh, I just don't enjoy playing horror games. So, so Resi 7 is one of my favourites out of that series. I really like the grislier side of Resi. Mm. Like, mm. I like fun and dumb and underground labs and, and that sort of shit, but there was something about that southern gothic horror that 7 did that I really liked because it, it genuinely felt like it was probably trying to scare you rather than just mm-hmm. sort of be a bit gross. Yeah. yeah. Where do you come down on first person versus third for Resi? I... I generally prefer horror in first because I think that's... I play a horror game to be scared. Like, and I watch horror films to be scared. I like that they're one of the few genres that is genuinely designed to elicit a response from like your mm-hmm. your lizard brain, I guess. Um, and I think you get that more in first person than you do in third. So yeah, I'm up for it. Is Village... It's the same with pornography. I, like, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not familiar enough with the like the wider sort of resi mythos stuff is village specifically trying to invoke the start of resi 4 i, I that's what so. i got from it because it's like they've said it's a more action-packed resi uh already yeah, okay and like that's exact you know that's the obvious touchstone mm. um so i like that puts me more into it because resi 4 is the only one i've truly ever think is great mm-hmm. so if it's going for that, maybe I'll jump in. It it's got a like big time. castle, right? Which is Salazar's yeah. castle. Mm-hmm. And also, um, there's... I think the idea of potentially bringing a more Las Plagas-style villain back into it in advance of them doing a Resi 4 remake mm-hmm. and sort of 
making a little bridge there yep. sort of makes sense. I can it definitely see sense. it. So can I. Do you know what else I can see? And I think everyone saw coming. Gran Turismo is back. Great. Uh, I. Do you know what? Every time I see Gran Turismo, like I played the hell out of Gran Turismo three and four. Like I pretty much almost one hundred percented both those games. Like even to the point we had to do those twelve hour races. Yeah, um, that's it. My. <laughs> I had a friend who was super into Gran Turismo when we were young. And, like, mm. I remember him talking me through it and just being like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you give yeah. a shit about playing for 12 hours <laughs> on this boring circle? Well, the thing is, Joe, if you kept playing there, I think it was uh, there was one particular circuit on the Amalfi Coast. If you won, if you won, if you won that... Uh- race you'd get a load of cash you'd get a car from it you could sell for a lot of cash and then you could upgrade from your toyota yaris very quickly great (laughs) i preferred Um, toka rally where i could be a tank (laughs) that's true i used to play racing games so much but recently bit of forza like that's about it (laughs) yeah i'm a forza horizon only kind of racer yeah it looks great it'll show off all the leather physics or whatever's going to yeah. be on it. <laughs> like, it'll be lovely. If you're into it, you're into it. Yeah. And it's a great way to show how beautiful something looks. Yes. Much like uh, whenever they... They always show an NBA 2K because basketball games just look incredible. she got a little squeaky floor in the sweat. <laughs> yeah. And they're uh, very contained spaces. Ratchet and Clank. I think this might be apart. the best looking game at the entire show. I would. It's definitely up there. I've got another contender for that. Have you? Later. But yes. But yeah, it looked. I loved the last one on PS4, and if this one is just more of that, it looked like the amount of worlds they were just showing off through yeah. their little cinematic, going through all the rifts. It is. It yeah looked incredible. Absolute dick swinging for the SSD. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, the absolutely. the switching between worlds seamlessly thing is like that. Like, someone at Sony has gone to Insomniac and been like. Can you do that? And they've gone, yeah, probably. And then they've made it, and it's like the best advert for that technology. It's nuts. Yeah. I should Who say what I mean when you've got Clank. I should say what I mean by best looking is like visually. I think it's the best looking game. I don't. It's not my favorite game at the, at oh, the conference, okay. yeah, but well, yeah. like because it it looks like a Pixar film that you play. It's unbelievable. Right? It's, it, like that absolute beautiful smoothness to it, and the the fur effect on Ratchet mm. is is brilliant. Um, yeah, I just thought it was yep. brilliant. I know exactly probably what that game will be, and I hope it is exactly what I think it is. Yeah. Just more mad weapons in beautiful places. Is it? And was, like, obviously a lot of my time last night watching this was writing news stories, so I missed elements, but is there a gun that turns people into trees? I haven't rewatched the trailer, so... I might have to go back. Someone mentioned it, and I don't know whether it was them, like speculating that that's what it did or there was actually that gun but I want that gun just now I've got the trailer up here I'm just having a little look is there a tree gun is there a tree gun show me a tree gun I'm just watching it through it looks amazing I don't know what that thing is he's riding it's like a bug yeah like a little squishy <laughs> snail boy yeah the bit that where they're flying looks- a dragon and the dragon flies through to a futuristic world and all that oh my god I love it yeah I loved it yeah, super Beautiful. into it. Want, I want that one. I hope that's a launch one. I don't think they gave any indication of when that one is coming. Uh, no, I don't believe so. I want that one. I, I want, want that one. I want that one. Kiss it. Uh, can't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Not the time, mate. <laughs> it was never funny at all in the no. first place. 
I've do you know what? I've never quoted that line until it's been in the news this week for the complete wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> You're an absolute disgrace, Carly. I know. I feel very ashamed. Uh, Demon Souls remake again. Not for me. Yeah, but a lot of people will be into this. I'm delighted Matt, it's happening. Did you ever play? Did you uh, ever play Demon Souls? I've played about half an hour of Demon Souls. It was before I got into FromSoft, and I got booted by a skeleton off a wall, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, game looked great. Like mm. that that graphical overhaul that they've done. I mean, Bluepoint are fantastic at this. And obviously, mm. you've only got to look at Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. The only thing I'd hope is that. I still think even though there were some improvements to controls in Shadow of Colossus, it still felt I was playing the remake sort of visual laid over the the coding of the PlayStation okay. 2 version. And I could still feel a little bit of that like archaicness to the to the remake of Shadow of Colossus. I hope that they've gone a little bit beyond that for Demon's Souls, because I think Demon's Souls would feel really, really struggling to get through just from my memory of what it was like playing at that point. I mean, even who, who Dark Souls knows, 1. Who knows how true it is, but they specifically said it's, like, extensively rebuilt from the ground yeah. up type stuff. Like, it's not them saying we just made some fucking lovely-looking business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. There's there's lots I'm of happy. interesting little bits about Demon Souls that I think because it's before Dark Souls became so big and and sort of nailed in the formula, it's got loads of weird little quirks that I'm looking forward to seeing. There's kind of like a light and dark system and and all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm pleased that they've done it because it'll give me an actual proper excuse to play it. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for all the people that wanted it. Yes, but it's not one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, the game that along with Horizon was the one I'm like, I want to play that now. A bit of Death Loop. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. trailer was. Just the complete style of it. Before we get on to how good that gameplay looks, the music, just the almost like Hitchcock poster yeah, style. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Vertigo the poster, whole thing. right? Yeah, it was... God, I, that game. I have to and say... it like, has made me think I'm a fool for not playing Dishonored yet. And yeah, I will it's insane. You've that. got to do that. I, I have to say, like, I am surprised that it doesn't visually look better. Um, like, it looks like Dishonored 2. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a next-gen game to me. Um, and I think that could hurt it. With Arcane's always had a problem breaking through from like the core, you know, like hardcore players who love that kind of game, and the few people who kind of circle that area and fall in to it. Mm. And I don't know if Deathloop's going to be able to fix that because so much of getting into a game for like someone coming to it without knowing exactly what the history is, yeah, is going to go on so on face value. Yeah, there's. I feel like we've learned quite a bit about how that game will work, but there's still so many questions. Like, there's obviously two playable characters. How do they work? What well, with each other? We were talking about this last night. Know. This is if if you've watched No Clips, amazing arcane documentary that they released recently. This looks like their game, The Crossing, that got cancelled, which was two players playing simultaneously in what otherwise would be a single player game, and like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's fucking fantastic. Like if that if they finally got to make the dream game that never got to be made, then I am absolutely yeah. delighted for them. That's so cool. Is that your theory then that one person is trying to play the game and the other it's, one is it's not a theory, trying to it's kill confirmed. them? It's confirmed. So in is the blog on the oh, sorry. PS, then this is why. So when when me and Joe were going back through last night to try and clean up, genuinely got quite emotional reading that blog because 
the stuff about the honestly go and watch the no clip documentary if you haven't already the stuff mm. about the crossing made me feel really emotional when i was watching it because it's such a good i remember reading about that game like when it was a in development thing and then you just never heard of it at all and it, it's just yeah. an absolute pain for them that it didn't get done and so the idea is is that you play effectively I think what it is going to be, imagine a high chaos playthrough of a Dishonored game. That's what you're doing if you play as Colt, who's the guy. If you play as Juliana, you're invading other people's games to prevent them from completing it. Um, So I think the idea is is that effectively Colt is the one that you're playing for the story to Mm -hmm. get like a full experience. As Juliana, that's almost more like the multiplayer side of it where you're going in, I don't know... They haven't said, like, if you select what mission you want to play or anything like that, but you're going to turn up in someone else's game and you're going to be able to to mess up their attempt mm-hmm. to get out of the time loop, um, which is an incredible idea. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Like I'm well up for it. it the, they've said there's, I think in trailer, was it eight mm-hmm. people eight like, almost on your kill list? Do you think it works? It's just one world, one city, and you do a loop and you have to kill all eight in one go or you like can do one like. then the loop starts or i i just can't I see it being that that feels too high concept for a game yeah being made like this to me it feels to me more Maybe. like it will be I, you know i could easily be talking up my ass here but like to me what makes sense is like that's eight missions like mm-hmm. eight yeah. big missions in areas where you can be ambushed by the invader um but I don't know. I might be. Maybe they'll like. That would be a very cool, like, hardcore run thing of like encouraging speedrunners to kill all eight against incredibly maybe, good players. Maybe they'll do that on the side because obviously that's very similar then to Moon Crash, which is yeah. Ray's roguelike thing where you have to to do a proper run of Moon Crash. You have to escape as five different characters. I think it is from the moon, um, and maybe that's a case of like once you've done all eight targets as individual dishonored style missions maybe you can unlock a you've got to do the time loop as the fiction suggests it is mm-hmm. and if you die you go back and have to start doing the targets again i could see that yeah i'm into it it reminds could... me of the sexy brutal in a way yeah. as well the way yeah. the time works in that uh, the other thing yeah, i want to say about death loop aside from the fact that as i say it looks incredible it's a high chaos run dishonored mm-hmm. um we spoke about diversity earlier i want to say this is as a as a uh, an icon of what why diversity is important, this is a game directed by Dinga Bakaba, who is a, a black man, and mm. it's got two central black characters. It was announced with a Motown record. Um, like it, it's proof that if we if we can have people that are actually put in in good positions, that we don't ignore the diversity exactly. element, that we do get great stuff from it. Mm. And yeah, I can't wait to play again. If they I can't remember, did they ever confirm that that would come to current gen as well? The the blog post says that it is exclusively for PlayStation Five, and there will be a PC okay. release as well. That is very interesting that a Bethesda game is not coming to Xbox. Uh, so I th- I think the... it's gonna it, it, I think it's gonna be timed, right? Or is it so fully exclusive? Keeley did a, uh, a tweet last night where it was like, "I'm hearing." that both Ghostwire and um, Deathloop are timed exclusives. But the PlayStation blog posts, which obviously are biased, 
Um, but <laughs> they claim them as PlayStation exclusives. And the Deathloop website, when I was looking at it, said that it was a PlayStation 5 exclusive with a PC release. Right. That's it. If it is true, that is a very go. good get for them. Oh, Eurogamer are uh, reporting that it's timed. Mm. Who knows? I mean, someone I mean, does. <laughs> who knows how long that is? If you want to play that game, though, first, looks like you have to get a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 5, even, or a PC. Or a nice um, PC. Another game. It seems like time loops are all the fashion at the moment. Not only <laughs> is there um, Quantum League, but there's also Returnal, mm. which. Let's put it out there. That is a bad name for a game. Yeah, it's like a non-fun <laughs> revengeance. <laughs> um, it's by Housemart, though, which gives me some hope, because they... Although in the last few years I haven't played many of the games, I did enjoy Resogun a lot. Dead Nation was fun. They know how to do a twin-stick shooter. What I couldn't get from this gameplay was, from the trailer even, what the actual gameplay of this game is. Well, there was almost top-down bits, but there was also bits that looked like an FPS. It's a third-person so third shooter, they've said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it looked very like a bullet hell, the way that yeah. they've been designed, like loads of projectiles coming at you. I don't think we're not going to yeah. get a bullet hell from Housemark anytime soon, no, Like no matter exactly. how much they change. Um, they know what they're good at, yeah. and they do it well. I, really, I do really like the idea of using a roguelike not just to randomise like, map design but the actual look of the place. Like, the idea that this is some weird, creepy, shifting planet every time you die is a very, like, mm-hmm. very cool idea. Um, I don't... Like, with so much of Housemark stuff, I think it's designed for a, the kind of player who wants to achieve perfection, whereas I like to yep. achieve completion, for want yep. of a better term. Like, I like getting from somewhere to the end and learning stuff and having a lovely time. Um so I don't know whether Eternal's going to work for me, but I love seeing Housemark mess with the ideas that they're so good at like this. Like, they're a fascinating developer. You don't see anyone making this kind of thing over and over again and making it more and more interesting every time. And I'm really glad Sony seems to prize that from them. Yep. Uh, also, I did think it was a bizarre way to open the conference with a PS3 game, but GTA V... <laughs> Yeah, is also coming to PS5. That was I know what they're doing. Open with the biggest game that's ever existed. Yeah, um, but it was odd just seeing what looked like a PS3 slash four game, and I was like, "What? There was what? This isn't the future again." There was genuinely a bit of me that thought that what was going to happen is they would tease GTA 6 at the end, so it was like last yeah. gen, next gen, um, and that didn't happen. Uh, no, I yeah, this it's didn't confusing. excite me. It's like I. Maybe I'll play GTA Five again, but I've been playing it for like a fucking decade or something. I, I understand GTA Online is a massive, massive thing that people will want to play on PS Five when it comes to it. But I, if you're gonna show off something from Rockstar, I would have thought, unless they're not doing it, that Red Dead Two on PS Five is the thing to show. Yeah. But I don't know. But they teased that it's expanded. Was the like yeah. not only is it in the hearts, but expanded. That's the only looked, thing. Like, does that mean there is more single player coming if, if, to that if game? If that happens, magnificent. Good. They finally did it. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> but I just I just don't believe that's going to be anything other than more heists in GTA Online or something. Especially, and the more confusing part, it's not coming until the second half of 2021. So it's not coming until like about a year into the PS5 anyway. It's not even there at launch, which... 
I don't know if people weigh in that long. At that point, people will be asking, where is six? But who knows? Yeah. I cross rocks, so they know what they're doing, don't they? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, they, they don't even need to know what they're doing. They'll just yeah, they exactly. just keep releasing the same good stuff. Like they can just Very keep true. like they can just keep going. Here you go. We'll make another half bill. How long till GTA Five on Switch? Hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. They try. They test it out with LA Noir. I don't know how well that did. But I like. We'll I'll see. tell you what. I would play Red Dead One on Switch. Absolutely. That's what I wanted, and they didn't do it. <laughs> Maybe one day. You bastards. <laughs> Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. This is one of the ones I missed, and I'm furious about it because I'm really excited about the idea oh. of this. So someone explain watch, it to watch me. Watch the trailer now. Should I watch it as we go? Well, yeah. Do you want it live? Um, I remember when this was first revealed. I was in the room at Professor's E3 conference mm. last year when they revealed this, and it, everyone was talking about it. It was one of the best trailers of that. It was E3, wonderful, if not the best. Then I saw the gameplay yesterday. I'm like, oh, this isn't what I wanted this to be. Oh. But maybe I'm harsh on it. I'm watching it now. There's naughty people. So I, I so I actually haven't properly watched the trailer, but I did write the news post based on the <laughs> PS blog, so I know roughly what's going on. So it's sort of like a first-person spell slinger to a degree, isn't it? So by some yeah. of the gameplay, it was like magic cards at one point as well. I was, mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be like, I don't know. I thought it was going to be much more grounded in reality and maybe with some ghost things going on. I didn't... Yeah. It's full-on magic, and I, it confused me from that. what I, the hell this game is now. Yeah, I think it's very much digging into a lot of Japanese folklore, mm. but kind mm-hmm. of putting a modern twist on it. I know from some of the stuff that I read in the PS blog last night, like a lot of the enemies are based on fears and emotions, and one of them manifests as like a child in a uh in a like a yellow oh Mac. yeah i've just seen that the, yeah. The classic, yeah uh and that is a representation of separation from family there's one which manifests as a bride that was left at the altar um yeah. so there's there's loss and stuff like that I, just, I know i'm pretty sure almost all the internet is more excited for this game than me because i saw a lot of people going mad for it i just didn't i don't know graphically it wasn't doing a lot for me it didn't look like a ps5 yeah. game from what i was saying. i have to say uh I'm kind of with you. I like. I'll tell you what. I, I really like um, f- the idea of like first-person magic stuff. Um, I'm super mm. into that. It, it doesn't look incredible, like visually, um, which might be unfair because you know, start of a generation and all that. Exactly. I I do like the idea of like a horror action game of this kind, like because that doesn't really happen. You don't get many of those. Yeah. Um, and you know you kind of have to trust Shinji Mikami, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. I like actually, I wish I hadn't watched it. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. No, it's the kind of thing of. I think if I saw that trailer and it didn't have Shinji Mikami intro in it, I would not be as interested. That's fair, but I try. I definitely it. want to know more. Um, but yes, it's not. Yeah. It, you're right. It's not the thing that I thought it was. Um, another one that was a bit bizarre uh, from Capcom. Which surprised me when I found that out. Pragmata. Yes. (laughs) I, when this turned up, from the first 10 seconds, I was like, this looks like it's Kojima. Yeah. Because it looked like Luden's little spaceman character. His little Uh, spaceman. (laughs) That sounds like you're talking about his dick. (laughs) 
Kojima's little spaceman. He's probably hidden it in a game somewhere. That's true. Um, <laughs> and and just the theme of it, like the little girl and the like a apocalyptic scenario in a spaceman. I was like, this got to be Kojima. They're teasing Kojima's. Let's see. But no, it's a Capcom game coming in 2022, and who knows what... Like, I guess you guys have read all the blog posts. I haven't, because this show was late our time, and I got up this morning and didn't know these existed. So there's, so there's all... Do you know any more about this? No! They haven't spoken oh, about okay, it good. at all. So uh, I'll, I'll read you what I wrote Not very during the show yesterday. <laughs> Revealed at the PS5 event, the cinematic trailer offered little in the way of concrete evidence of what the game will be, but we saw an astronaut, a little girl, a shattering sky, and they dot 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 fought a satellite and landed on the moon? That is that is currently IGN's only official analysis of Pragmata. And that's what like it's not because we haven't I'm into it. weird stuff. It's just because we don't know what the fuck's going on. Um Yeah, what like what? Just what I but I'm into I it. love I really love when Capcom uh, announces a new IP because of this scale, because Capcom more than most really try weird bullshit on a triple A scale. Um, like Dragon's Dogma is to me one of the it's like one of my favorite ever games, and it's one of the greatest experiments in like how do we just fuck with something until it's completely different. Like we'll take the entire structure of a Western RPG. And then we'll just make it absolutely bizarre all the way through. Um, and like, if Pragmata is another version of that kind of thinking, I am super into the into the idea of finding out what this thing is. Uh, but it's not out till twenty twenty two, so don't expect to know more soon. Who knows? Yeah, God knows what that is. Uh, but it was interesting. Briefly, well, there's uh, some more not as headline games that we want to talk about. Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Mm. Abe is back. I remember playing... I can't remember which one it is now, but I still remember being at like my cousin's house and playing one of the Abe Odyssey. It might have been Abe's Odyssey. One of was them, it inside a factory a or was it like in a forest? It was more industrial. It was That'll be PS1. Odyssey then. Yeah, I remember playing that one quite a lot and enjoying it as a kid, thinking it was quite silly. Uh, and then they this again looks silly, but it was a very bizarrely serious trailer as well it was almost like mad max mm. but with abe i mean that's that is what because Oddworld is it's a it's an allegory for slavery isn't it mm, it's, yeah. it's actually quite a dour story it's just dressed up with a bunch of farting mudocks <laughs> are they called and and weird creatures thing. that you can possess i don't it's a good one for like similar to the Crash Bandicoot effect thing, but not on the same scale as something people recognise and love as a character. But f- maybe forget the game's not brilliant. I don't know if that's too harsh because yeah. I tried playing one again recently. I was like, oh, this has not aged well at all. It's also it's bastard hard. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard. <laughs> I think I got like seven screens into New and Tasty, and was just like, I'm not, I'm not here for this. It's yeah. too difficult. But it looked beautiful, and like I said, it did just look like Mad Max, which I know is a lazy comparison for a lot of things like that, but there was a lot of similarities, so I'm having it. Yeah. Let me have it. Um, Project Athia. Matt, Mm -hmm. is this a Final Fantasy game? Uh, As far as I can tell, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, There has been quite a bit of stuff online with people noticing that in the horizon of one of the shots, there is a little bit of architecture that does look very, very similar to some stuff in Final Fantasy XV. Um, 
I don't think if it was a Final Fantasy game that Gary Witter would be writing it mm. because it would be Najima basically, or at yeah. least someone from that team. Um, That's very fair. A I, good observation I, yeah. from you. Final Fantasy has always <laughs> been very in-house for Square. It's a very protected sort of thing, and I don't think there would be necessarily mm-hmm. like freelanced Western writers working on it. I do think it looks good though. I liked what I saw. Yeah, it was from what the... I love that big old like jumping across rocks mm-hmm. that looked a good that looked fluid yeah, yeah, it looked very fluid <laughs> this is the game that out of all of them this just looked like the unreal tech demo basically yeah yeah um so. it's interesting because it's from luminous which is the the production company that was started by hajime tabata after final fantasy 15 kicked off i like did mm. well and then he got it opened within square enix um and the point was to create AAA games, but part of it... I'm looking back at the old news post. The Part of it was the new challenge for the Final Fantasy 15 team, so it's meant to be the 15 team, is to create a game and business model 10 years ahead of its time. So, like, okay. what that means for Athia, I don't know, but it, it kind of... It's interesting to me that they're talking about business models as well, because yeah. is this a... Would- is this something beyond you know, another AAA RPG action game. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I'm thinking. Are they, have they learned from what they've done well with Final Fantasy Fifteen and are trying to do something online like that? Yeah. I don't know. Cause, uh, but the, the weird one is that um, Tabata resigned in 2018. So mm-hmm. he's gone. So it's not even clear if, like, the thing they were making when he set up the studio is even there anymore. Um it's like it's quite a bizarre story that no one's actually been able to tell yet. Um, but yeah, he he left and they cancelled a bunch of Final Fantasy fifteen stuff. So who knows what whether that's turned into this like versus thirteen turned into fifteen and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think this will be one of the, like the more interesting stories as it goes on to find out like what the fuck's been going on with this studio until now. Yeah, I will. Uh, let's we run a little. Well, a little long, even that's the word on okay. time. So let's skim through a few more of these because they did. I think it was over two dozen games they announced yeah. last night, which was insane. Um, Stray, you play as a cat trying yes. to in a cyberpunk world. This when I saw this, I was like, Matt will like this. <clears throat> Love cats, heart melts. <laughs> that, and the cat in uh, Pragmata as well, isn't it? But it's a digital hologram cat. <laughs> um, signed up for both of them. Give me all the cats. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, um, for, uh, yeah, I, this has apparently been around for ages, and it's just been picked up by Annapurna. So I, oh, really? yeah, like, so I, I, I haven't yet dug into it, but I do want to go and see what the the game is because apparently, yeah, they've been posting about it for a couple of years. Nice. Um, yeah, Annapurna have that reaction now where see it in front of a game. I'm like, yep. this is gonna be good. Yeah, absolutely. So still got that. Is it forty days? Twelve. Is it forty days. 12 days? 9 days? It's, it's a number. Is it days? 12. Is it 12, 12. minutes? Is it, is it not 12? 12 minutes. Yeah. There we go. I'm thinking of 40 yeah, days, 12 the, minutes. Uh, the other game. 80 minutes. days is that the game you're thinking of, well. mate. 80 days. Jesus, I'm, I'm thinking of 40 days a night. The uh, Trust Hartnett film. <laughs> Isn't that 30 days of night? I don't know. What, what's the 40 one? There's a 40. There's a 40. Jesus Christ. What's the 40? I'm going to look it up. 40 days... Forty days and night. That's a it's a rom com. Okay, great, great. Fifty first dates. <laughs> I win. Let's go. Rom com. It's a rom com. No, there is a rom com with Josh Hartnett called Forty Days and Forty Nights. Oh, okay. But he's also in Thirty Days of Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Good on him. The Josh Hartnett days. Um, isn't wait? Isn't Forty Days and Nights when he doesn't wank? Maybe, isn't that sorry? a Josh Hartnett film? Forty Days and Nights. it is. Yeah, as for Lent he stays celibate. Yeah. <laughs> what a concept! That's so weird, right? Uh, <laughs> Glad we covered that. I the big PS Five news. Brilliant. <laughs> have you ever seen um have you ever seen Josh Hartnett uh, do that Yorkshire accent for the film about doing haircuts? I don't Oh think my that. god, it is up there with Charlie Arnhem. Um oh. I like I don't know how we'll, I'll I'll show you afterwards. We might reference it in future, but go yeah. look up Josh Hartnett's <laughs> accent. It's fucking hilarious. Brilliant. Um yeah, Stray look good. You play a cat trying to get back to their owner, I believe, in a cyberpunk scene. Beautiful. So, I believe that's what I grasped from it anyway. Uh Kenner Bridge of Spirits. Not the best name for it, because nope. it reminds me of Bridge to Terabithia. <laughs> but it looked... We're talking about... Um, this is the other game I was referencing in terms of Ratchet and Clank, mm. looking like a Pixar game. This like does just look... I know it's a tired thing. It looks like a Pixar movie, but a game. And I like the look of that combat from what I saw. I'm, I'm always up for people I'm into seemingly it. trying to make Zelda, but not Zelda. Like it looked yeah. to me like the the touch tones I got it was like a like a classical like not a Breath of the Wild Zelda like a classic style Zelda yeah. mixed with a bit of Fable to mm. it it got that that Fable feel to the combat mm. which I'm definitely down for if you, I like those little furry friends as well yeah they they, they look good. like the little um soot guys from Spirited Away they do <laughs> I love yeah. them um the the thing to point out about this is that this company who are making it previously made a Majora's Mask fan film which is yeah. bonkers. So, um, like, you can tell what kind of references they're into. Exactly. I'm into that one. Uh, Joe, you wanted to talk about Destruction All-Stars. Genuinely, this is one of my most anticipated no, it games. It looks fun. Like, I think this looks brilliant. I love Destruction Derby games. I love games where cars get smashed up. Um, and this has that, but also, like, a weird hero combat element seemingly where you can like fucking ride on the cars and jump on them and kick each other and shit um i found out this morning it's being made by um a load of people who used to work on wipeout um oh, so okay. like i'm not super into the aesthetic of it you know it looks very yeah, it's post fortnite um but fuck like i'm super into the concept i really want to play this game like it just looks like yeah. it's the kind of launch game that i always appreciate like one you can just jump in mess about with it's kind of the same reason and i know it didn't go down particularly well but that fucking rigs game on psvr like yeah. mech sports like, i love that kind of shit like just silly high concept arena mm. stuff where you can jump in jump out have a lovely time i'm yeah. looking forward to it if they get it if they get it right and it is as fun as it looks then it could definitely have that rocket league sort of effect. that feels to me more than anything else in here like lunchtime game in the office when offices exist mm-hmm. again Ooh. not you're not going to play pragmata at Lunchtime. Uh, depends what Pragmata is, mate. <laughs> Who knows? Could go back on GTA Online. That's free on PS. One <laughs> um, I was into was Little Devil Inside. It, it it's hard to get uh, comedy writing games a lot of the time. I think I think it's quite hard to write mm. comedy games. But there was one moment in that when the guy dropped a bomb and then there was a guy on the toilet and that made me chuckle because yeah it was very stupid this is one it was it remind me kind of almost not necessarily art style but the feel of it was quite aardman-y in a oh, way okay yeah, yeah i don't know the sort of tone to it the comedy they were going for but i'm still confused as to what you're you're obviously playing as a guy hunting 
monsters, is he? I don't know. But then there's this other guy on the toilet. <laughs> so so this on. is one that I didn't get to properly watch during the show because I was writing something else, so I'm watching it now. It looks way cooler than I thought it was at the time. Um, it like it looks What's to me like style? a you were kind of taking on missions to go hunt monsters and then reporting back to you, this old man. To this man on the toilet. Oh, yeah. He's riding into fucking it. penguins like in Avatar or something. <laughs> there was a lot going on it. I like these art style a lot. Yeah, uh, you know what? It, it looks nice. like a much sort of more pleasant version of um, Below, that Cappy game. Yeah, uh, yeah I can see which that. Which I'm super into. Like, yeah, this man, this looks really cool. I'm well excited for this now. There, I will say there was a lot. It did surprise me how many indie games they showed off. I thought they were going to go, here's six or seven huge games mm. for the PS5. I but I'm glad the they variety. did mix it up a lot. The variety of this show was incredible, and I think more than a lot of shows I've watched, this was a case of games are for everyone. There's like something here for so many different demographics of players. Mm. Uh, I just it was one of those where I I won't buy every one of these games, but I would play every one of them. <laughs> yeah. It was not yep. one that was just like well, I I don't care for this. Like I said, we're not going to touch on every single one, but one more we have to mention. We can't go away without mentioning Bug Snacks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think this is the one I that, might not play. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was the one I was watching. I was like, this was the one point before they'd shown Horizon, before they'd shown Resi, I think, at that point. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> Showing this. Yeah. But the Octodad, I played it once through. Fun little game. Good laugh. I'd forgotten it existed, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and then this turns up, and it's not my... Not my speed. Mm. Not my. It does humor. have animals made of cinnamon rolls, though, which is very cute. It's it's not for us, is it? Like this is a you're <laughs> no, buying this exactly. for Christmas. Your game. kids there. Um, exactly. I I like that they say the words that they are good. Good Pokemon yeah. shit. Well, at first I thought the little strawberry that was rolling around was saying your name. It sounded like it was saying Scrabble. I mean, he should be. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, one thing we haven't got on this list is Hitman Three. Oh, I. Do you know what? I didn't put it on because maybe I should have actually because it's a big game. Mm. Uh, but I just thought in my head, it's Hitman. It looks good. It's going to be yeah, good. That, uh, like, I do agree with you. <laughs> uh, I, I find it interesting. I, have they ever referred to the World of Assassination trilogy before? Or have they just gone, by the way, it's a trilogy. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's always just been the World of Assassination, hasn't it? I don't think they've ever referred to it as a three-part structure or anything. Yeah. But they're doing the thing where you can carry over everything from the past games into this one as well right mm-hmm. yeah so if you boot up hitman 3 you can have if you own one and two it'll bring all those missions in and you can just play it as one game that's like yeah. an unbelievable it's very deal. smart like, they're so it. good at that um like i'm not a big fan in general of chapterizing games but it works perfectly for hitman for those little yeah. worlds it's the perfect place for it and yeah i'll give it a go i'm playing through hitman 2 at the moment for the first time i'm gonna start that good, this weekend it? I, I really, I, uh, Joe um, heard me shout, oh fuck, another one, because basically, and, and Joe was just like, what, another news story? I was like, no, no, I haven't played another two yet, and I need to finish it. <laughs> well, I so, thought in general, it was a very good show, it didn't absolutely floor me, there was a few things I thought I'm well into, mm. but yeah, I thought it was a very, they did a good job of just games, games, so, games, super, which is all people yeah, want. super confident like just best foot forward here's a bunch of fucking stuff you're gonna find something you like in here um and yeah. like 
you know, I don't like the console design, but this before this show, I was increasingly convinced that Series X is my first choice, and now I'm kind of confused and annoyed, uh, which is as good a response as Sony could possibly hope for from me. Yeah. Well, in a few weeks. I don't know if they actually announced a date in July when they're doing their first party. Uh, no, they just off. said it's July. Okay. Well, it'll have to... It'll have to do a lot to get me on side, but we'll see. Mm. see Bring on the halo, baby. Exactly. Oh, one more thing we haven't addressed. Were those real people speaking, or were they computer renders? Of course they were real people. I don't know what... Exactly. I was watching this saying, what are people talking about? They've just lit a shot in a a slightly not standard way, but they were definitely real people. (laughs) Very strange. What's going on Very strange. Uh, anyway, just do uh, just do an end this search, shall we? Yeah. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ones and twos, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah. And ones and twos, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Joe, you themed it. Yeah, so uh, like. Don't get me wrong, I haven't actually considered this. I have too much on. Um, so <laughs> this might be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> but what I wanted to do... Oh, am I going to... Is this good? I was going to read out, like... <laughs> You've committed I was going to I was going to read out little bits of the blog posts surrounding games announced at yesterday's conference, and you have to guess what it is based on those things. But I will say, okay. I've done almost no preparation. All right? So okay. let's just see how it goes. And we've just talked about them all in depth, so hopefully... Well, not all of them, <laughs> mate. Not all of them. No, there's a few we didn't. That is very true. Um, okay, let's try, <laughs> let's try this. Is this going to be fun? Memorable we'll, combat we'll encounters. We'll Memorable Sorry? combat encounters. <laughs> Memorable okay. combat encounters. Bug snacks. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh... This one's t- harder than I wanted it to Resident be. Resident Evil 8. No. Boys, it's Deathloop, obviously. Come on. They're oh, memorable. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, you're just reading out buzzwords. Yeah, it's buzzword time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is how... This is PR speak the quiz. How about this? How about this? A cinematic-choice-based narrative game. Choice-based. That's very specific. Choice based. Uh, is that Volcano High? Correct. There oh, we, go. we didn't talk about that. We one. didn't. Dinosaurs um, go not into my, a high not my style. That I don't like that style of animation. Person. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't. I I don't know if that's in game or not. I assume it is. I don't really know. It was it was so slightly nice. uh, it was slightly confusing to me. Well, at least I now know it has a choice based narrative. Yeah, choice based narrative, like. It looks like life is strange with dinosaurs, and I'm kind of into that. So that's cool. Uh, alien, lush but grotesque, peaceful at times, and supremely violent in others. Returnal? No. Oh. This is another one we haven't talked about. Oh. Oh, no. bloody hell. <laughs> oh, no. Let me quickly look at the list of ones. <laughs> is that. Jet the Far Shore. It is not Jet the Far Shore. 
Oh, is it? I'm just going to start reading them out. Go on, Matt. You have a go. Um, I'm just, I'm just opening up our, uh, our breakdown. I think I might know what one it is now. Is it? Is it Godfall? Solar? A- it is Solar oh. Ash. It's Solar, Solar Ash. Ash. I forgot about. I'm that more interested in Godfall than I thought I would be, actually. Yeah, I am now. If it's good, if it is just Borderlands with good melee combat. I could be into uh, that. Tom Marks did a very good observation, which is that that team made um, a game called Duelist before, which was a very cool card game that I never properly played because it didn't come out on consoles I had, or, you know, like, devices I had at the time. Um, but it does look like they took concept art made for Duelist to turn into pixel art and just turned it into big 3D art, which is a very interesting thing. Like, it feels like they're just kind of using their style in a whole new way. Um Oh, wow. Well done, Tom Marks. What about? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Snacktooth Island. <laughs> well, if that's not Bugsnax, <laughs> yeah, then I don't know what yes, it, it is because <laughs> I wrote the news story for Snacktooth it. <laughs> Island, baby. Let's go. Is this fun? Should I stop? Uh, do do one. All more. right, we'll do one more. Let's have a look. <laughs> oh, there's one more we didn't talk about actually. What's that? Maybe you'll. I'll, I'll wait. Maybe you'll do the blog post. Do you think I will? Can move on to. I don't know if I, I will. Um, I just want to say how much I now love the little Astrobots, and I'm glad they've got another game. Oh, coming. that's quite a cool that's thing because apparently the four, a it's free. It's preloaded on every console, um, and b it's like four worlds themed around different features the console has. So like nice. you'll be messing with it's them. Kind of what they. Yeah, they did that with the PlayStation VR, yeah. didn't they? In- yeah. I love the little Astro Bots now. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, hmm. I... Come on, Joe, give us one more buzzword. Okay, I've got a... <laughs> I'm going to have a buzzword for you. Let's have a quick look. It's just, just. I'm going to say it now. Uh, don't take offence to this. This may not be a return. No, I agree. Yeah. Twisted, tempestuous, <laughs> and forbidding. It does reveal how much bullshit language goes oh, into these that's things. Project Athia, isn't it? It is Project Athia. Oh, yeah. someone, someone's written the news. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done with that game. There we go. <laughs> what a great I game. I love that game. Um, <laughs> um, right, now we've got a few pieces of feedback. Um, do write in to IGN underscore UK feedback, IGN.com. What were you most excited about from the PlayStation 5 conference? And what do you want to see from Xbox, maybe? Yeah, that's a good that? one. Um, to the person who wrote, <laughs> clearly very drunk after the uh, after the <laughs> event, we considered reading it out, but then I kind of want your permission to. Because <laughs> you, you might not remember writing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe try again. Um <laughs> Or follow up with it. Um, right, yeah, a bit of feedback, and then after that, last we'll of get us on business. To the last of us two. Uh, so who's got the first one? Oh, it's me. Ah, uh, I've got one here from Gavin Greer. He says, "Well, hello, hello. there. Hello." Little, tries to surprise you there. Um, <laughs> as industry experts, mm-hmm. they are, you know. I wouldn't call myself that. Maybe, maybe Joe would. Hundred percent. Yeah, present. biggest biggest yeah, expert yeah. on industry that there is. <laughs> wow. Jonathan Industry. Um, they in- call me in the industry. 
Okay, well, answer this then. As industry experts with presumably some inside knowledge, please can you tell me why digital games are more expensive than physical? I thought this was a good lead-on because obviously you can get mm. the digital-only PS5. And, you know, is it worth the money in the long run? That's what you want to say. Let's take the last of us two for an example. It's fifty four ninety nine on the PS Store, and the physical edition is forty nine ninety nine. I know there's a few. I knew there's a few Wii in game. This you should just cut get, this bit out. But still, yeah, I should have. Uh, <laughs> right, another example is Control, which is forty nine ninety nine on the PS Store. But you can buy the physical for under thirty. This is something I've thought about for ages. There's no packaging or distribution costs involved in digital, so why are they not much cheaper? I can only assume it's one of two reasons. One, storing hosting a game online is very expensive. Or two, it's part of a worldwide conspiracy (laughs) agreement that digital games don't undercut physical because it would really damage so many industries. Packaging, printing, distribution, etc. Look forward to hear your musings on Gavin, this. Gavin, it is. Ne- I don't think there's a conspiracy. It's neither of those things. Uh, it's be- yeah, neither. It's because uh, primarily, um, well, obviously, you're buying physical copies from retailers who buy those games at a lower price and can set their own cost margins. Um, so they want to undercut themselves or you know each other as well as digital editions. They want you to keep coming to their shops and buying their stuff, so they'll price it price it lower and take less of a cut. Uh, the other being that digital doesn't need to go down in price because it is a format of convenience. They can charge you more because you don't have to leave your house. Um, and they know that enough people will be swayed by that that they don't have to do it. Um, like, it's the same reason that Nintendo games never go down in price because they're essentially the Disney of games. They know that people will buy their games at full price, so they almost never formally price drop them beyond sales. Um, hmm. you've, you've also got the fact that there's no competition yeah. Like the, there is no competition for the Playstation store because you cannot buy digital Playstation games really anywhere well, else it, it not depend, a huge... you can buy codes from resellers for certain things um, but yeah yes. and those resellers do tend to be the grey market mm-hmm. as opposed to the, there, are, there are less easy legitimate ways of, of buying yep. Um, mm. So, so that, and that's why you know, as much as in the PC space, as much as people hate the idea of Epic, it is good that Steam actually has proper com- competition yep. now because it means that Steam are less able to set the price and dictate what that has to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think you'd go digital only for PS5? Like I said before, I don't think I actually can until I'm sure that people yeah. aren't going to send me disc copies ahead of time. Like it could actually stop us doing our jobs, which is annoying because I true. have to have the fucking hump. And I don't like the hump. <laughs> you hate camels. You've always said I that. I don't hate camels. They're designed to have a hump. Game consoles shouldn't. <laughs> we get to choose how those evolve. Someone's chosen to put a hump on it. That's insane. You're very angry about it. I hate this. the hump. I hate the hump. you got a hump about I them. do. <laughs> My humps. Right. Your lovely lady yeah. humps. <laughs> Matthew. Right, shall I take this one from Tom Meadows? Go. Duck Hunt? No. Ooh, Class, the classic duck intro. Hunt. I'll do it. Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt. <laughs> uh, here in sunny South Derbyshire, we call those frozen fruity treats ice poles. <laughs> mm. This is a reference to several conversations over the last few weeks about <laughs> ice lollies. 
Pies poles, uh, yeah. And they were a regular refreshing treat when we used to play football on the local park of a summertime. We they used were to... ice poles or ice pops. Yeah. Maybe. Either yeah. or. Tip tops. Tip tops in, uh, in my area. We used to buy them from the nearest chip shop. Interesting from a chip place to shop. Go. Okay. Interesting location. Uh, that was owned by a very stern Turkish man called Ken. I remember this very well because Ken had a finger on each hand amputated. <laughs> Is he in the Yakuza? And I remember... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's an assassin, you know, because they, they amputate their fingers to Mi- put the hidden mm, blade in. Mr. Ken Yakuza. <laughs> the, 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 ter- the classic Turkish scared. name. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being very scared of ever having a sausage from there in case he accidentally removed another one. I think he's putting Ooh. his fingers in sausages. And then battering them. <laughs> uh, I, did you have a scary local shop owner when you grew up? I don't remember a scary no. one. I remember my local fish and chip shop actually was. It was one of those that was a uh, fish and chip shop and a Chinese table. Oh yeah, yeah, we so had some of those. Nice. You got the fish and chip chips that were also cooked in the like Chinese cooking oil, so they tasted. Mm. One of my friends at uni once ordered chips and gravy from one of those combo shops and they put um, black bean sauce on it instead and it was the saltiest (laughs) chips of all time. It's powerful. But yeah, he wasn't scary. He, um, but he was one who always like, I remember going there when I was like four or five, like he'd always want to talk to everyone and even the kids. And one time he just looked at my dad, looked at me and went, he's got naughty in his (laughs) eyes. And I'll always remember that. (laughs) Because it's probably true. The guy that the guy that ran our um, the spa in our like as in spa S P A R in our uh, village was we just known as Grumpy George, and he was such a prick. Um, and then I think he died of a heart attack, and everyone felt really sad because <laughs> it was like, oh, Grumpy George was actually probably an all right guy, just you know, just problems with the old ticker. Anyway, yeah, it was just grumpy. Back oh. to Tom. On yeah. the subject of leisure centre food, whenever we went what, swimming... What, what varied and interesting podcast we are. Leisure centre food. Again, if you're waiting for the very highly anticipated Last of Us 2 chat, Come you're going to have to from the soon. leisure centre food segment. Whenever we went swimming, my mum used to buy me a cup of chicken soup and a bag of chicken walkers crisps from the vending machines. I'd sit and dip the crisps in the soup... And I can still remember the taste mixed with the heavy coronation of my lips. Tom Meadows, you're a beautiful writer. <laughs> so um, redolent. I can almost taste it. I never had it. in chicken soups. That's like chicken. cool croutons. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I also have a story about a holiday disaster. But I'm not sure anybody wants the details of dreadful food poisoning while on my honeymoon. Mm. Oh, that just, yeah, it doesn't sound fun. Food poisoning, I've had it once, and it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I'm lucky I've escaped mm. it. Never had it. Nor do I, I want it. I got it once after a Christian <laughs> gave me a sausage, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> what? I say I'm not telling you. Anyway. Okay, well, why Keep up the good work. Feedback, then? Oh, okay. Not you, Joe. And stay safe. Oh, yeah, of course. I've got to throw yeah. in the... <laughs> me not wanting... Com- <laughs> you know... Me not wanting to read out compliments isn't wanting people to tell me that I'm shit, by the way. Just so just so we cleared that up on the podcast. No, I think you should carry on. This is from Mike Tapia. Hello, big boy team. I like that. Ooh. Got some fun slash scarring holiday and food anecdotes for you. 
<laughs> Story one. Uh, this starts not how I expected. My dad and I were visiting family out in the Ecuadorian jungle. <laughs> As you do, he says. I would love to have family in, an, yeah. in the Ecuadorian jungle. Playing outside with my cousin... We were playing outside with my cousin when one of their dogs got a bit overexcited and took a good old bite out of my leg. Not knowing how domesticated and not wild said dog was, he rode his luck and declined to inform my mum back home. Good news, I didn't develop rabies. Bad news, when mum found out, she went ballistic. I would have got that test, yeah. but I'm glad you said <laughs> Story two. Used to work at Pizza Hut, where late finishes often resulted in a trip to the curry house round the corner. You were... You worked in a pizza hut. Make a pizza. You can't have that every day, though. Don't know. One night after closing, we had some <laughs> leftovers. Um, oh, here we go. I've spoken too soon. One night after closing, we had some... Le- I'm hungry as fuck reading this. We had some leftovers and proceeded to create the greatest pizza known to man. The stuffed crust chicken dansack. Topped with cheese, Ooh. chilies, and bargy crumbs, it will never be bettered. That is the best-sounding sound pizza I have ever heard of. So what, are we saying that the actual stuffed crust was filled I, with I, chicken I, Lanzac? Look, if it, even if it isn't, I'm choosing to believe that it is. Because fuck <laughs> me. I've still not had one of those Domino's with Whoa. the hot dog in the pizza crust. I want that. I don't know if I want oh, that. Give it to me. Uh, right. Nah. Story three. Sorry, I burped. Due to a spontaneous brainwave, me and a friend skipped college one afternoon to go back to his house. Why? To make Angel Delight. That's fucking why. (laughs) I love Angel Delight. I love our uh, listeners. Three packs of Angel Delight, each with its own unique twist. Strawberry mixed with marshmallows. Chocolate mixed with milky bar buttons. And, this is my personal favourite, Joe Scrabble's saying this, butterscotch mixed with Milky Way oh, magic stars. Butterscotch one is Butterscot- a dream. Butterscotch Angel Delight is a flavour that will never leave my brain. It's I can taste oh. it just thinking it. So we good. indulged in all three concoctions over a massive session of risk. <laughs> <laughs> that is very part Before I retired home to feel sicker than I ever thought possible. I hope you've learned something today. <laughs> I have, I've learned that I desperately want some Angel Delight back in my I've life because that, I haven't had that I've in years. I've learned that Mike Tapia's a fucking genius. <laughs> I love that. Imagine chicken downs that pizza with a side of Angel oh, Delight. I should say, by the way, I know loads of people have sent them in. I, I don't. We didn't do this. We haven't done this already. Like a big drowning section, have we? Oh, did we you do it last week? Last week, last no, no. Last week, I was like, this is not the week for yeah. it. Good. Uh, so uh, we, I don't know. When there's not so like many, we could even just do a one-off. Yeah. It'd be such a weird thing. Not, to... You know, when there's a week that's not like world industry-changing news or world events, uh, we will do a full section on all your most hilarious drowning stories. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how we yep. roll. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, I've still got more yeah. to come because. Dale's about to appear. I know, and with his yeah, privileged information, um, I haven't edited this podcast yet, obviously, because we're still recording yes. it. Because that's how the workflow works. Um, I'll probably play a bit of Last of Us music and then talk about the that Last great. of Us again. Absolutely no spoilers. Do not worry. It is story spoiler free. But of course, if you don't want to hear anything. Don't listen. 
Yeah. Fuck off Thank is what guys. he's saying. <laughs> Squares. Welcome back. It's Last of Us Review Day. Well, Last of Us 2 Review Day. Last of Us Review Day was seven years ago, Dale. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Brian. <laughs> I haven't been on this podcast <laughs> until now. Yeah. Well, I've introduced you now. You would have yeah. been teased. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you haven't read our official IGN review of The Last of Us, Jonathan Dornbush has done an excellent job. It's on mm-hmm. the site and on YouTube. He has given it the sacred 10 out of 10 the masterpiece that means both is this the first time two games in the series have got a 10 it must um, be no Uncharted but there must be Mario there must be Mario games no I think only one only Uncharted, Uncharted. 3 got a 10 ok so two didn't then. yeah no Zelda a, I guess probably heated oh yeah it's probably some, do you know what yeah. I've probably made a point that didn't need to be made <laughs> let's talk about The Last of Us Part 2 um, I agree with Jonathan 100% this mm-hmm. is as easy a 10 I think as you can give a game to be honest as soon as I not even before I'd finished it I was like this is a phenomenal piece of work it is maybe the best story I've ever seen told in a game the best mm-hmm. character writing the best performances Yeah. and on top of that the gameplay is just vastly improved on the original I personally really like the original's gameplay I think it's serviceable it, tells the, it helps tell the story very well but this just builds on it in every way and Turn, makes it feel like just yeah like like I said before like Metal Gear Solid at times like Resident mm-hmm. Evil at times but with that just storytelling that you get from a Naughty Dog game yeah but I would say it's um, it's storytelling that I don't think you could experience in any other format the, like I won't go into it too much but the device of how it tells the story is I've never seen before and it's like phenomenally done like it was it's truly engaging and that's what i think like they set such a high bar with the first game that's you say it was, you know it was an easy 10 but you know having to follow up on something so successful is mm. a tough thing to do and i think they've gone beyond that by changing the format not just not just making a safe sequel it it, it truly like tries new things and it's inventive in that form yeah it it is just it's so hard to not say we're not going to spoil anything don't worry there's no spoilers here but the way they just make you feel for these characters the way they just make you feel unexpected feelings for these characters I feel like it's safe to say like over the course of these two games Ellie has maybe the best character arc I've seen in pretty much anything like throw films in there throw TV in there like Ellie as a character is now gone from me for being a very good character to just one of the best fictional characters I've ever seen. Yeah, and they they established in the first game, like with the ending of the first game, how that no one in this, they're not heroes in the traditional sense, like, mm. you know, and it's not a protagonist that you're necessarily always rooting for, and they just, they continue that motif in this game as well, like they, like mm. you said, they're phenomenally written characters but not someone that you can always agree with or get behind as well, and I think, you know mm-hmm. only in video games can you sort of portray this way of storytelling I think like all the best characters are like there's a lot of analogues there's a reason this game is called The Last of Us Part 2 because Mm. The Godfather Part 2 is a big inspiration on it and you can see a lot of that in there even from when you open up the game for the first time the menu screen is just a picture of a motorboat which if you're familiar with The Last um, 
the Godfather Part Two, you know, plays a big part in that film. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, the way you've got Michael Corleone in that film, who is just not a nice person. You've got <laughs> you know, you've got the Sopranos, you've got Mad Men, like the lead characters in these. In some of the greatest fiction, aren't characters that are particularly nice people. Mm. And I'm not saying that Ellie isn't a nice person, but there will be times when you'll be tested. I mean, to be on her side. It's a world that facilitates, doesn't facilitate you to be constantly nice, right? You have to be ruthless and you have to mm-hmm. do what's best for you at the time. And sometimes from our sort of cushy viewpoint, it seems like the wrong <laughs> decision, but you know, it's the world that they're living yeah. in and reacted well, to. That leads nicely onto the gameplay and how this is just, I think I said it last week. I've, I was also on podcast beyond this week. If you want to hear more of me talk about this was game, you? I'm trying to not repeat that. exactly <laughs> what I, uh, <laughs> exactly, uh, what I said there, but, um, it is the most violent game I think I've ever played oh, yeah. without becoming gratuitous at all. It's not, there probably are more violent games out there. Like if you look at like Manhunt or Mortal Kombat, but mm. it's all a bit silly violence. Whereas this is just tough to look at well at um i was playing it earlier today actually for for, mm. for capture stuff and i noticed something as well like anytime it does get sort of borderline gratuitous the characters acknowledge it as well mm. like when ellie like runs up and stabs someone in the throat she'll say like oh fuck or like she'll react in a way like that was gross as well <laughs> it feels real like she didn't mean for it yeah. to be that grim she's just doing what she needs to do to survive and mm. as i'm sure you're like me every time you do a shiv attack on anybody you pan that camera around and look at the faces as well like the detail oh, and the, the animation animations the it's absurd i mean they are good at making games, Naughty Dog. I think people know that by now, but like they just seem to raise the bar every single time they make something. Mm. And yeah, story-wise, this is just... Gameplay-wise, it's just surpassed the original in every way, which I, you know, like a lot of people, when the original finished, you were like, that is a perfectly told story, yeah. and it's wrapped up nicely, I don't need any more. But they have found a story here that is better, and yeah, I just... I don't know where to start on without spoiling anything, no, really. It's, but. It, it's really tough. I, I would say, as well, it's um, for people's expectations, this is a substantially longer game than the first one, as mm-hmm. well, like quite significantly longer. And apart from maybe a couple of sections, I think it's a minor complaint that maybe dragged a slightly bit. Like, it does breeze by. It feels like it's consistently... Yeah good the level the quality level is always high consistently for this yeah. game well the narrative structure helps that a lot i think and yeah. for a lot of people i think i personally think uncharted 4 is brilliant i understand people think the last island goes on a bit too long and i would kind of agree on that there's one too many encounter bits like mm. at that point you just want it to get on with the story which that's where i think the last of us has the edge is that every single scene even if it's not a key plot point there is a bit of story being told yeah. along the way it's always and, story yeah yeah and it, you know no fight is really the same the infected are i think we both agreed they're not they don't appear as tough as in the first no. game but when there is a mixture of infected like the new um shamblers they can be a problem if mixed with clickers and Definitely, you yeah. just get caught in a corner and the stalkers which I think they only briefly appeared in the basement section of the original and you don't really that's the only time you really encounter them but they are just horrifying to play against yeah. this time they just because you're so 
attuned to at that point in both of these games using listening mode like when you enter any room yeah but the stalkers just don't appear on listening mode so you're like i don't know where they are and as soon as one lands on you there's going to be another one around the corner it's just i just ran through those sections i'm not ashamed to say did you (laughs) oh i just sprinted straight through i have to clear out every room before i move on i can't (laughs) can't do it although i have uh, in the previous game i did when I was playing it on the mm. harder modes, I did work out ways to just get past people and sneak out. And you, yeah. you know, you can do that again in this game. It gives you the option to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but I think the the infected, they ne- not necessarily feel like a massive step up for me. Like it felt very familiar how to deal with them. Like my go to mm-hmm. tactic every time is throw a bottle to a location, wait for them all to swarm there, throw a Molotov cocktail, take them all out. Like that's my yeah. go to tactic. What the step up for me is the human interactions like with the wolves and the seraphites like mm. though they feel so much more like smart and like they're in tune with their environment and they know the best ways to flush you out it never feels like they're on a scripted path it always feels like they're communicating with each other like they have all have names and relationships as well and mm. they'll refer to each other by names and say oh why don't you go check over here and they'll go by and they'll say oh no kira's been killed and you know, they say it more dramatic than that um, kira knightley's gone <laughs> yeah. oh no <laughs> They also have uh, dogs of them as well. Who they like? The dogs have names as well. And like, yeah. I don't know if you ever killed one of the dogs before in front of their owners before. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like I'm, I know a lot of people have will have a problem with killing dogs. I'm, I, I like dogs, but I'm not like a massive, yeah. you know, dog person. So I just found it a lot easier to take them out because it makes your life a lot easier in that game if you get hey, rid of the dogs. If you <laughs> saw a cutscene uh, clip at the end when a dog bites your face, face off to death, you'd want to kill them yeah. as well. <laughs> Like, yeah. they are vicious um, but when you when you kill them in front of their owners like they react so badly to that as well and then they're like they're baying yeah. for your blood at that point and I just think the the AI is so smart this time around it makes every encounter feel different as well exactly yeah it's and I can't overstate this enough this is a dark game it yeah. is it is not a laugh but what I will say is although it has much dark moments it kind of leads on from left behind in in the way it does things a lot like there's a lot of dark moments but there's also i'd say a lot more high and just quieter calmer moments than Mm. the original ever had yeah and they're some of my favorite bits i think the way this game uses music is incredible like the score for the first game is unbelievable and this uses Mm. bits of that and the battle music this time seems a lot i I noticed it a lot more there's a lot more electronic elements and the way they just there's obviously not going to spoil anything. The way they use a few actual real songs in the yes. game as well is just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's like it's hard to sort of go into that too much, but yeah, yeah like you're in for a treat. Like, I would say as well, like as somebody who's um, well, I've played it through like one and three quarter times right now, and I'm going through trying to find all collectibles and things like that. I'd say explore, like take as much time as you can and explore like, every crevice because there's so many things I missed the first time around, like little hidden like dialogue options and just references and, and things there's, there's tons of detail in that world as well like downtown seattle especially like that's one mm. of that's one of the locations you visit and there's so much to see and do there like really take your time with it as well well yeah that's where they've taken um a lot of the inspiration from lost legacy and it's kind of like that area you go in is almost like a little mini open area mm. a little mini open world area and there's so much just environmental story turned to find that i thought i was really like scouring that area when i played it at first and it turns out i found like a third of the collectibles yeah. and like conversation stuff in that area so yeah but i did i was caught in that place of wanting to find everything in the area but also 
the plot is so compelling that I was like, I just need to see the next cutscene or I need to get to the next place. Sure, but sometimes um, with those dialogue options, you, you add in elements to the plot. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly the details, but I know there was something where uh, the first time around I'd clearly missed out on a line of dialogue. And then I'm not going to say I'm just being as bi- ambiguous as possible. But something happened and I was like, well, what are they talking about? And then on my second playthrough, I heard a line of dialogue that sort of gave that more context. Uh, okay. It's like, like, you know, they're, they're constantly filling in and also character mm-hmm. building as well. Like we can't, yeah. can't underestimate, uh, understate how good the character building is consistently. Yeah. I was very lucky. I don't know what situation you were in. I can't remember that I managed to play this game without having anything spoiled for me. Mm. And it that is the way to go and obviously people the whole game leaked a few weeks ago supposedly uh, yeah. i'm not going to say if any of that is right or wrong yeah. um but even if you read all that you have not had this game ruined i want to just reassure people that there is no way you have experienced this game if you've no. seen spoilers for it i mean like, it's crazy right looking at a bullet point version of it yeah. it's not the same <laughs> like no. what if you put made star wars into a bullet point version it's like yeah they fly on a ship and then they blow it up the end it's yeah. like it takes all the <laughs> romanticism out of it and all the excitement exactly. and the characters um i just yeah i can't wait for more people so far it's i've talked to a handful of people in the world that have played it and mm-hmm. like everyone i've spoken to so far is pretty much in the same position we are i haven't spoken to anyone who doesn't think this is a masterpiece and i can't wait for everyone else to play it so we yeah. can at some point do a more spoilery thing about Definitely, it and talk yeah. properly about it and yeah i just want to it's probably it's hard to say i was thinking about this earlier like is it the best PlayStation 4 game? Because the original Last of Us is arguably the best PlayStation 3 game and it came right mm-hmm. at the end. I think there's a very strong argument that you could call this. It's between this and God of War for me and I think gameplay-wise, God of War edges it for me because that game just feels phenomenal to play yeah. and I'm more of that sort of combat guy to a stealth game in general. Yeah. Um, but writing-wise, story-wise, it's on a par, if not slightly ahead of God of War, I think. For me, it's it's too early to say. I need to sit with it for a yeah. bit. But I think, yeah, they're both... Like, without a doubt, I think they are the two games. Like, if you... Yeah. When we're going to talk about PS4 in 10 years' time, they are the two games that everyone mm-hmm. is going to mention. Whether one's better or the other doesn't really matter, yeah. I suppose. They're just... Uh-huh. They're both fantastic. I would say as well, for the for the, uh, for the the nerds out there like me, the, the trophy hunters, it is an obtainable platinum <laughs> as well. Like, I am there on my go. way to getting it. <laughs> that is, I'm sure, calming everyone down. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just wanted to know that's what they were waiting for. Yeah. It will take a very special game for that not to be game of the year so far for me. Mm. It, I can only think of a handful that would have a chance, but the way that, that story is told, I, I don't know. Like, literally, like, what, what are you thinking? Like, Cyberpunk, like, maybe? Unless Cyberpunk is... We don't know what's launching next-gen yet. Well, by the time, you know, we're recording this just so you know, a few hours before the PS5 reveal, and we don't know what's coming in that, nope. so... Who knows? You will have heard us talk about it, although previously in this podcast, so we're doing a bit of, bit of time twisting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we will... So far, just so you know, it's only me and Dale who have played the game so far. So if next week you get your hands on the game and have questions, can I just ask you very politely to put spoilers for The Last of Us in the subject line to feedback? Because 
people like Joe, Matt and Jesse and Al haven't had a chance to play yet and I don't want them ruined by a, an email. Well, Alex is just going to, in blind as well. Like He hasn't watched any trailers yeah, or anything. So, exactly. Like, you know, save didn't even read him. my preview. <laughs> my boss didn't even read my work. So. Uh, it's all right, mate. Someone did. <laughs> I'm sure someone did. Did they, though? Did they? Um, <laughs> if only there was some way to look at the numbers and see how many people yeah, read it. If only Google Analytics existed. <laughs> um, yeah, that is... As you can hear, we quite like this game. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I can't wait for everyone to play it. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to talk about it openly as well. Exactly. There is so much to talk about. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go into it right now, but I (laughs) do so much. Um, (laughs) Should we have a bit of Last of Us Part 2 music? We had Last of Us Part 1 last week. Do you think that's going to, in retrospect, be called Last of Us Part 1 now? Like, The Godfather was just is just the godfather it's not the godfather you need mm, <laughs> i don't know that's something that feels like maybe if it was a continual series if they kept releasing parts yeah. but no nah, probably not because it's a bit of a mouthful yeah. isn't it the last of us part <laughs> two i don't know we'll mm. see um yeah i don't know i haven't seen what music is out there from the game yet but i was we'll gonna say something. yeah i would suggest one of the ones we sort of alluded to earlier but we don't want to spoil what they are i'll so. find something even if it's that song they accidentally ripped off from the last trailer okay thanks guys all right bye all right bye <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.